Club. Bows. Meatballs. Sausage. <laughs> Tofu. Ham. <laughs> uh, hey, um. Hello, and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky. I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Christmas time is here. Happiness. Oh, what are the words? I don't know. Happiness and cheer. Golden times and ancient rhymes and love and dreams to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name that movie. Would Ma- you like a wreath? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, would you, what did she say first? Would you like a wreath made from the ancient trees of Lebanon? Sally, you can't say things that aren't true. Would you like a wreath my, my brother made from some old Christmas tree branches from the back lot? You wouldn't, would you? And I wouldn't blame you either. See, your way doesn't work either. (laughs) Would you like to hear all the lines of Peanuts Christmas 2 quoted single-handedly by Ingrid? Because I will do that from start to finish. (laughs) Or she will back and forth with one of her sisters. Yeah, that too. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Why why is uh, Peanuts Christmas 2 funnier to you guys? Oh my gosh. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, Peanuts Christmas was... Something we watched all growing up, and I really could probably quote you most of the first one also. But the classic first Peanuts Christmas has so much lovely heart to it. But the second one is the second one. The second one is like a stand-up comic show. It's just one dumb thing after another. So it's more quotable because it's one-liners. Yeah, and the original Peanuts Christmas actually has a lot of people being mean to Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to like pick and choose. Well, here we are. It's almost Christmas. Hope you got your shopping done. If you didn't, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sure people will still love you. The people in your midst, even if you didn't get them anything, will still be there tomorrow. And we are in each other's midst, Yay. for real. Huzzah. Um, we're together this year in Minnesota. Having a white Christmas with lots of gray snow. I talked to a shop owner today that... We were, you know, window shopping. She said, I'm so sorry that there's not a white Christmas for you this year. It's so warm out. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know what? I think we'll be okay, us LAers. Because there's still snow all over the ground. It's white Christmas for us. It's just too warm for there to be snow falling. Right. It, yeah. It looks pretty white to me, if you ask right. me. Right, right. The sides of the road, though, it have the, um, the grayish-brown mud kicked up dirt on the snow so yeah. they, they don't look so nice anymore but it's okay but it's raining in pasadena and it's just cold and cloudy in new york so it's a good place to be yeah this is nice we have our stockings hung by the chimney with care that's right we cut down a christmas tree a real live cut it down ourselves with a saw christmas tree which we've only done one other time in our lives um and it was really special to do this was, it was amazing and it's a beautiful large tree yeah probably mm, nine feet Eight, tall yeah yeah yeah, definitely so christmas themed episode here we go <laughs> i thought it would be fun and perhaps challenging to start with good old improv word association rapid fire this will be um 
Rapid fire. Rapid fire, Ingrid, slow fire, mommy. No. You have to be fast, too. That's the point. Okay. No thinking. Okay. Just it's just to it be out. interesting. Yeah. And it can go anywhere. If it doesn't end on Christmas, oh, well. Okay. okay. So I'll start. Okay. And then you just jump in with kind of what mine makes you think of or what Christmas makes you think of. Or whatever I see in front of my eyes that That's right. makes me think of. Okay. Club. Bows. Meatballs. Sausage. <laughs> Tofu. Uh, ham. <laughs> uh, Grinch, Grinch stole Christmas. Stockings. Three hearts. Larger. Oh, club pot. Jingle bells. Ginger jingles. <laughs> um, Christmas tree. Smells. Lights. Blue. Red. <laughs> Purple. Yellow. <laughs> oh, stars. Advent calendar. Chocolate. Uh, almond paste. Oh, um, the crinkle weird cookie. Crinkle. Uh, lefsa. Butter. Mmm. Honey. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Ooh. Uh, Five snow. more. Snow. White Christmas. Oh, dancing. Uh, best things happen when we're dancing. Monochromatic suits. <laughs> Socks that match. Fuzzy. Good job. We did it. That was five more. High five. Wait. Yeah, real high five. I was going to say, suit bottoms that go up past your belly button. Oh, there you go. High-waisted suits. <laughs> that is not a 2019 thing. High-waisted suits happened for the guys in the 40s. 20s. 20s, 20s. Well, good job. We did it. And listeners, you learned a little bit more about us. What's fun about rapid fire is that it really, I feel like, gets into like the underneath psyche of like, what do you really care most about at Christmas time? What's going on in my stomach? Those are things that happen. Yeah, not, mostly food. Clearly not presents. <laughs> Which is important to know. That's true. We did something this year. We were actually talking about presents as a family. And since we're all traveling from different places, one thought was like, well, should we not do presents at all? And I said, no, I, it would be fun to do some gifts. But we like to... We'd like to keep it to things this year that like really are helpful and not just like, oh, I feel, I feel obligated to give you a gift. Mm. So one thing we did was decide on all edible stocking stuffers. If anybody remembers. I did today. I bought a lot of them. <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm Santa sure. for uh, the stockings this none year. None of my stocking stuffers are edible that I can think of at the moment. Wait, you bought stocking stuffers? That oh, aren't no. edible? I didn't. I didn't buy any stocking stuffers. What? Who's huh? getting stocking huh? stuffers? What? Isn't it Santa that brings? Oh, stock- of course. Stocking Sorry, stuffers? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of it will be edible because then you don't have. You can like enjoy it right there, and that's the point of Christmas to just eat mostly. That's true. <laughs> um. Uh, so that'll be a fun thing. Maybe that'll be a new tradition that we have. Yeah. We have to be careful, though, because our stockies are not hung by the chimney with care. They're kind of precariously tucked underneath. I thought of that today. I think by the time Santa fills them, they'll probably be sitting on the ground. Okay, so here's the difference growing up. When I grew up, when my stockings were stuffed and Mm -hmm. I came out in the morning, they were always sitting on the ground. But my stockings are about half the size of the stockings that we have now. Oh, really? And so they were always sitting on the ground, and everything in them was wrapped. Wrapped? What? And, um... So the stockings we have now are never sitting on the ground. They're still on their hooks, which puts a lot we have, like, heavy of duty hooks on that felt. No, oh, they're the, paper clips. <laughs> they're oh, paper well, clips. Well, yeah, the stocking is felt sewn. But, I and mean, the it, hook that holds them onto the hook 
the hook is a paper clip, and then the loop that holds the paper clip is just felt also. Which is funny, because we have a loop that's felt, so why are we using a paper clip? To make them stronger. Oh. <laughs> I think to make them longer also. Longer. They needed to be longer. I see. So, but the place we are this year doesn't have those um, hooks in the mantle, so they're just precariously tucked underneath. But that's all we that need for the look right. of it. And then when then we get the presents, that's fine for them to be on the ground. I hope everybody has such a pleasant attitude as you do. Look, I'm getting lots of things that I can eat in a stocking. <laughs> What's can, what can be bad about it? I hope everybody agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure they will. So Christmas is a funny time of year because, of course, we're all together and that is very happy. And also complicated because anytime you're with lots of people, you have a lot of history with it's, it's complicated. Yeah, it's not Whether or not one you layer. live with them all the time, or you just come together four times in the year. That's right. Or two times in the year. Yeah. All the things. It's always... Sometimes, you know, it's better, like, the first day that you get together, rather oh, yeah. than the Day one is third. always, like, giddy, because you're just, like, happy yeah. to be together, and so nothing matters. So if the big event happens on that first day, that's good. So now, by now, we will have been together three days by the time Christmas comes around. Which is not so bad as eight days. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how much we like each other by then. I uh, have faith. I have faith in us. But that being said, we thought we should just go back and forth and talk a little bit about our favorite parts of Christmas, or least favorite parts of Christmas. And kind of see what comes for it. For years and years, my, uh, here it is, rapid fire, my least favorite part of Christmas is the obligatory giving. The gift it's, giving. It's hard for me to, unless I have a lovely list all year long, which I don't always uh, think of meaningful gifts to stay within a price range to mm-hmm. make sure I have one for everybody. And it's not so hard for the immediate family. That's not so bad. But um, for uh, your dad, for many years, extended family or friends wanting to give them gifts. And that mm-hmm. becomes like a strain and a pressure to me. And But it, uh, the, it that was alleviated a lot many years ago because I just told daddy, I said, this is too hard for me. I can't do this. I want to make a plan before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. decide who we're giving gifts to, decide what we're going to give. If we don't have them all already, that's okay, but I want to decide this together so that nothing is a surprise. Yeah, true, true. Because I, well, what's so funny about gift giving, I find, in that I'm, I'm similar. It's pretty anxiety inducing. <laughs> it's like always stressful at the end of it. Because there's always one or two people that you just can't figure out and everyone else you've kind of got. Yeah. Or somebody that gives you a gift that you're not expecting. Yeah. Well. And then you have, you're like, wait, do I have uh, to give one to you? Oh yeah. Cause that's that, difficult. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is while I'm sur- like shopping for some people, I'll see something great for another person that I know, but they are not on my list of people I'm giving gifts <laughs> to. And it's like, wait, can I keep expanding just cause I see something I like? Because then like, let's just say it was one of my roommates that I would think about. And it's like, well, I can't give a gift to one roommate and not all three. You know, yes. <laughs> it starts to really build up. Although, can you do you ever get the gift and save it till later? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that would be the way to do it. And sometimes I actually yeah. start creating little lists just on my notes app throughout the year of like, ooh, this would be something good to give to Audrey someday. You know. Yes, that's the ideal way to do that. Yeah. I like to capture those ideas. Those right. are the best gifts because then they're, they're what people want to see. Right. Your fa- okay, so your least favorite is the obligatory gift giving. Um, my least favorite part of Christmas. I find that Christmas has a funny 
it expectation of of like level of feeling mm. that I don't feel I can always live up to. Hmm. And that feels um sad to me sometimes. Like uh well one like Christmas movie status is always like ah, everyone falls in love at Christmas time and it's like the most romantic time of the year, which is okay in a lot of ways. Um but and true in a lot of ways. But um it's a kind of funny thing for uh, to underneath kind of preach to everyone. Because what if you aren't in love that time of year? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then also, even within, like, Christianity and um, the joy of Jesus being born, and that is a big part of what we believe in, which is has a lot of meaning to it. But sometimes within that, there's, like, more talk or more anticipation for, like, a, a renewed joy in the Lord or a renewed... It's like some new epiphany about the Christmas story, which hmm. sometimes happens. But there are years when it feels like, yeah, this is true for me. And that's, I'm, I was like a little more consistency versus like some e- eruption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I always feel a little pressured for there to be some like eruption or epiphany. And that is an odd thing to include in my holiday cheer. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to manufacture that. Right. You, I mean, you don't want to manufacture it. But then it's also hard to be around a lot of people that seem to feel that way if mm-hmm. you don't and aren't willing to manufacture it. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully it gets better like through the things you do, the carols you sing, the Bible stories you read. And That's then, true. Like, gets better. I think something that helps it is the, the familiar songs that you sing. But if you go through and you sing them kind of like rote, then it can seem mm. less meaningful. Yeah, That's a good I, point. I guess that, it, that isn't the only time in life when it seems that sometimes practice can precede emotion. Mm-hmm. And that's the point of practice. And you can get, yeah, I find myself sometimes going through the motion and the practice of it and not feeling too super emotionally engaged. Right. And then by the end of that time, feeling a lot more engaged. Yeah. yeah. Something Sometimes you just got to step in and do it. Tension. And by the end, way. you're like, okay, I'm here. Yeah. That's cool. That's true. I think that a lot of life is like that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You step in and do it. And then yeah. you're emo- and I've also heard emotions are the caboose. So... Don't worry about not being super enthusiastic at first. Do, mm-hmm. do the right thing. Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. That reminds me of a song. I watched a movie recently. <laughs> <laughs> Frozen uh, 2, everyone. That Good. is true. Do the next right thing. Yeah. Which makes sense in grief, but it makes sense in a lot of life decisions. Well, yeah. I mean, it's easy to, to feel like you need to be tied to the emotion to get you somewhere, and that is debilitating. I enjoy uh, hearing the Christmas story read quietly and slowly and thoughtfully through in its entirety that's true i was surprised in our little rapid fire thing that i didn't get to music at some point because that's a really important part of every record all tradition for me <laughs> and particularly christmas time and i will say that the like the the more deeply theological hymns are not really sung all the time through the radio so those are still pretty special to me when you since which sing, one like, particular? It came upon a midnight clear, or oh, yeah. Mary, did you know? Or 
Holy, you know, Holy Night definitely is, but like even Silent Night isn't sung too much no. on the radio. No, and there's lots of verses that aren't sung. Yeah, and actually that's true. The later in the verses you go, the more theological it gets. Those are fun. For a while, our family did a lessons and carols service at our house for years in a row, and that was really special. Anytime I think you have a little candlelight moment at the end. There's something about low light and candlelight that I feel like kind of gives everyone a collective deep breath mm-hmm. and collective deep breaths always make people think more and and i think make them kinder to each other that is a very um multi-sensory observation mm, yeah do you have a favorite part of the christmas story my favorite part typically is joseph hmm i'm always impressed by how joseph acted on his dreams from the angels and the angel appeared to him four times and he responded right away and he was in the midst of anxiety he had courage Hmm. and someone pointed out to me in the past couple weeks that courage only holds meaning in the midst of anxiety because it doesn't take courage to yeah, to just do things. Do things yeah. normally. True. You have to have anxiety for the courage to ha- take effect. Um, and Joseph was courageous in the face of public shame mm-hmm. with Mary. He was courageous to leave, to go to an unknown place of Egypt. Quickly, mm-hmm. it says that he did. He was courageous to return when he had the warning and he was courageous to move on. So um, I'm always impressed by him. Hmm. How about you? I think the first thing that comes to mind when I think of the Christmas story is is the presence of the angels. Mm. Kind of in both scenarios. Like, they kind of like show up at the same time in my mind. The angel that comes to Mary. Mm-hmm. And the angel that comes, angels that come to the shepherds. I didn't think of the angel that comes to Joseph, but perhaps Appeared they're one in and the same. <laughs> angel Gabriel, I believe. Yeah. It says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the angels that come to the shepherds. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's such a unique example of humanity interacting with supernatural. Mm-hmm. I think it usually strikes me how hum how humbling that situation is how real it is for all of them. Mm -hmm. Because in the same way that, like, courage can't happen without anxiety there, humans don't act on something unless they believe it. Right. And so um, there must have been some, like, oddly tangible, Mm -hmm. like, deeply, deeply assured thing where no matter the cynicism that we that is in the world now mm-hmm. that we often come to the Christmas story with that them. I mean, they could have had just as much cynicism listening to that story, but when they experienced it, there was no question. They decided to go see the baby and then they went and told everybody about the baby, which was amazing. Yeah. The shepherds left their sheep, which is literally the point of being a shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they pretty much just quit their job for a moment. I mean, I don't think that maybe they, it doesn't say, maybe they drove all their sheep into town instead. Who knows? Maybe they, well, sometimes there's like little stories of the one shepherd left behind to watch the sheep. Mm -hmm. Maybe they (laughs) rotated and took turns. Yeah, who knows? But it just says that they all went to see 
baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then they and then told the, everyone. Afterwards, they were so excited they went around telling everyone. I have had times in my life when I've gone around telling people, oh, read this. Oh, right. See this. You just can't not. Listen to this. Oh, my this gosh. This is we'll so never guess. good. Right. And so that's what I imagine the shepherds being like. And I'm like, that must have been pretty big. Like yeah. you said, very concrete and tangible, not something that they were wondering about because they wouldn't have all said it. No. Yeah. And the hand understanding is that they all, several of them. It was them, like non-negotiable to them. It was at least not three arguable. of them. <laughs> yeah. Went and told other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. And just the orchestration of the wise men, however many they were, bringing the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then somewhere along, probably in college, I had someone say, guess what paid to the, for their trip to Egypt? Mm. And then I was like, oh... The gold, probably. Yeah. Well, and maybe the frankincense and myrrh. We know that frankincense and myrrh were the things that dressed Jesus' wounds when he was crucified. Uh, But they're also valuable. I'm sure they weren't the same ones. But, (laughs) I mean, that's part of the symbolism of it. I saw some quote today, which things like quotes like on Instagram or something, like are kind of pithy, maybe just because you find them on Instagram, (laughs) that said... uh, I wonder if the innkeeper later in life felt like he didn't really give enough room for Jesus as he really could have. Mm, regret. And then, which was, was supposed to be like a reflection for us too. Like how many times in life do you look back and think, man, I had a lot more room for Jesus than I thought I had. If I had, if I had given him that part You're of right. I think it's been pithy because it's on Instagram. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, your dad, well, last year, did so much study on the, what the inn means and everything and the house and oh, everything. Oh, yeah. So now my picture of the inn, whenever anyone talks about the inn and all of that, I'm just like, yeah, it's not as shallow as you think. <laughs> because what's the, like, originally in that culture, like, the animals lived inside the, the house, right? Yeah, houses For in Bethlehem warmth, were two stories. The inn would have been the room upstairs. And the downstairs room would have been kind of open uh, area where they did the cooking. So the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But it also is where they kept the animals so it wasn't too cold. And there was um, troughs cut into the ground that were mangers where they put the food. So chances are when that's described, because they wouldn't have gone, they were going to meet all of their relatives. It's not, there's not, it's not like Joseph, nobody would have welcomed him in because all of the relatives were called to go to that town. So he would have known people. That's true, he would have known people. So if the inn was upstairs and there was no room up there, then they, they're like, oh, you're the last one here, you go downstairs. Um... That totally makes That's sense. That's such me. a different story. <laughs> and and then, it does make sense. And that also means sense. that Joseph isn't the only one delivering the baby. It means right. that Mary had And we're wives. never told that he was the only one there. No. We totally just made that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which true. is unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> and um and then laying him in a trough, yeah. That makes sense. That's totally fine. No problem with that. A bed of hay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's obvious. I mean, this, the message of it being humble beginnings is still very much there. You know what I thought about this year, though, is that uh, it doesn't bother God that we get it wrong. Hmm. <laughs> How interesting. That God's just like, okay, 
you had your story here in the 1950s. You have your story here in the 2019s. Yeah. You have your story here 175 years ago. True. You know, you are on a progression of what Jesus looked like and what the town looked like. Mm-hmm. And it, we, whatever it takes to get you understanding and thinking about Jesus, that's fine. And that's a good I'm point. Not, it's not going to ruffle not like my a stickler, yeah. that you get it wrong. Yeah. That, that, totally that heart it. of the law. Yeah, it's like the heart of the law, heart, not the letter he's of like, the law. Yeah. The specifics of it. Like, it over okay. you that you have the details and the facts wrong about the setting. That's so different from humans. <laughs> it's so, my, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, declares the Lord. Goodness. Isaiah 55. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So I kind of, when I hear people talk about it. Yeah, debate all the specifics. Yeah, I, I'm just like, yeah, I can see it that way. This way is probably not likely. But you know what? Like, we watched the Nativity movie. Yeah. And a lot of people have problems with it, especially the end of it where the scene is right, put it's together like, like a manger yeah, scene yeah, with yeah. a crush, a typical crush. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's totally oh, wrong. Well. But it draws me closer to Jesus. And I think it's kind of profound in the way they put it together in the scene. I think, wow, I, the wonder and awe. Yeah. Of, like the angel singing glory to God in the highest. I, I just think that that's profound. And, it, and the rest of the night, you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole evening you're seeking God. And so, so it's achieved its purpose. The story has right, achieved right, right, its right. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because I continued to think hmm. about it after the fact. Yeah. Well, despite your least favorite thing being gift giving, we are giving gift this year. <laughs> but less. There yes. aren't any big ones that I know of. I don't know. It'll be like one to each person per person. Mm-hmm. Something you could take home in your Something suitcase, you can probably. Use. Spoiler Although, alert, the one I'm giving you doesn't even have a tangible gift to it. Oh. So think on that for two days. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel encouraged by this conversation that I don't have to have some big emotion as long as I continue to choose to engage. Yeah, I think that that is the key. Yeah. Remember me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. reminds me of Lion King. <laughs> Remember James Earl Jones is Mufasa. Your father. In the clouds. Why Mufasa. does he always play the father? Because I mean, he's got a deep voice. <laughs> All right, then. Speaking of that, we're also seeing Star Wars on Christmas Day. Yes, is he in that movie? Isn't he Darth Vader? Will he be this time? No, because Darth Vader is not alive anymore. Oh, will he have a, a, a comeback? This is supposed to be movie nine. This is supposed to be the end. I haven't really seen the trailers, paid much attention to actually, them. Actually, I So I'm either. really actually going into this movie. Not much information. Maybe I will watch a trailer yeah. before we go. But that's our post-Christmas activity. Movie night. Yeah. Movie afternoon. After yeah. so much sugar. Yeah, we might fall drowsy into the... It'll be great. <laughs> Christmas Eve, we're wishing you all a very Merry Christmas, a happy holiday season. May you be full of food <laughs> and all the emotions that you want to feel. And if Christmas you season. feel flat, that's okay, too. Keep engaging. You're worth it. Mom, I'm glad we're here together. Real high five. Woo! Woo! Two in one podcast. <laughs> Love that. All right. Bye, Ingrid. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. All words, hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.